Welcome back, everyone. It is the weekend recap. We are simply Bitcoin. We break down the news, the daily fail, meme review, software releases, hardware releases, the pleb sites, and joining us today, fellow Bitcoiner, multiple return guest, co host of Bitcoin Kindergarten, shit poster, and Propagandist. I forgot what word was coming in front of that. Anyways, I'm talking about Optimist Fields, My Living Truth. That's right. He's joining us. But first, we are diving into the numbers. Let's do it, people. Number time. Brought to you by Noddle. They make some of the best Bitcoin nodes, like the Noddle Dojo. Remember, guys, if you're not running your own node, you're using somebody else's. That means that they could take a look at your Bitcoin transactions, they could take a look at your balances. The best way to be private in Bitcoin is by running your own node, run your own version of Bitcoin Core, Lightning, with the Noddle, get yours today. At the time of this recording, the block height is 732,335, the Bitcoin price 40,140, chain rewrite days 734, total public Lightning capacity 3,000. 3,637.45, Moscow time 2494, blocks to the halving 107,665, and the Samurai Whirlpool unspent capacity. Samurai Whirlpool is a collaborative spend or coin join service. It is not a mixing service, and the unspent capacity of that pool is 4,515.16 BTC. Nico, the numbers. Numbers, honestly, numbers are looking good, my friend. That being said, we want to make a very special announcement today on the show. We want to welcome a new member of Simply Bitcoin. We want to we want to welcome the legendary Optimus Fields, also known as My Living Truth. So he's he's going to help us specifically with our twitter account so any tweets that you guys see from that account we're going to try to increase how many tweets are coming out of there we're trying to we're going to try to prov- provide you guys some value from uh some news from the pleb perspective so keep an eye out on that on twitter he's also going to help fill with a little bit more clips so we'll be able to come out with even more content on our youtube channel so optimus Welcome to Simply Bitcoin. We're super happy to have you. That being said, I want to share some hopium today, Phil. Check this out. I thought this was really, this is pretty neat. This is pretty neat. But before I get into it, I just want to remind everybody that last year in 2021, some of these hopium accounts, even though they, you know, some of these people are friends of mine, they were you know they were wrong in 2021 because that's what happens with ta or any of this type of stuff you know at the end of the day it's a very very it's an educated guess right so i'm saying all that to take what i'm going to show you right now as a grain of salt that is why it's called hopium in the first place so anyways let's check this out first from the real plan c accumulation addresses going parabolic over the last few months and this is a glass glass node screenshot right addresses that have never spent funds right that means that the number of hodlers keeps going higher extremely bullish to the point that dude it's even higher now than it was at bitcoin's previous all-time high in november 2021 right this just keeps going up 
right? And some other data, right, from Pomp to kind of correlate, to correspond or confirm what that other data was pointing out. And he is referencing Will Clemente. And again, don't take this to the bank. Last year, a lot of these people got it very wrong, but you could surmise what you want from this data. Make your own judgments, right? So compare this to what was happening here. Uh, check this out. We have officially reached an all-time of Bitcoin supply that has not moved in the last 12 months. Bitcoin bulls aren't selling, right? So again, around 63.7% of Bitcoin addresses have not moved. That's the highest really since January 2016. That's pretty freaking bullish. And as you can see, these types of moment in Bitcoin history always are a precursor to the pumps, right? So here where my cursor is, right? The, you know, the amount of Bitcoin supply that's held for over a year, all time high. And then the gray bar is the pump, right? Same kind of same thing kind of happened here. It's the pump. Same thing happened here, 23.45. And that was a precursor to another pump. So could this be a precursor to, you know, Bitcoin price, right, being bullish at the end of the year? You know, it depends what your biases are. But if you connect this with this piece of data as well, all of that in combination, dude, that's some pretty fucking grade A hopium, right? That makes me very bullish. A lot of people are not selling. If you believe that data, a lot of people are holding on to their Bitcoin. Bitcoin. So does that mean the Bitcoin, the Bitcoin. So does that mean that Bitcoin is going to have, you know, a good end of the year, early next year? I'll tell you my own personal opinion, even though, again, this is my personal opinion. This has I literally take this like a grain of salt. I do believe that at the end of this year, early next year, Bitcoin is going to, you know, turn bullish, right? We might, we might make new all-time highs. But again, I'm extremely bullish. The name of the show is simply Bitcoin. So anyways, Phil, what are your thoughts on this? It's some really good hopium, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I just wanted to point out, I have been seeing some more hopium come out of the accounts like uh, Will Clemente and uh, Dylan's and, you know, like the, uh, the, the those types of uh, trading accounts. Um, the other piece to this for me is, is that right now at these price levels, I I'm getting contacted by more normies, uh, people that, you know, in my life have never really had any interest in Bitcoin and they're calling and, you know, they're asking about Bitcoin. And this isn't just like, you know, people necessarily my age. This is like, you know, even uh, let's say uh, people around my, my parents age boomers. So to me, I think that that what that tells me is that they're looking. OK, they're looking at Bitcoin's current price and they're deciding that, you know what? This thing, I may not understand it, but I feel safe starting to accumulate it at these levels. Look, what does that mean to me? I like, honestly, I don't really care. I don't really care if they feel safe accumulating at these levels or not, because I'm accumulating what I can at these levels. I don't, I don't really care. But all I'm saying is, is that if you look at the previous, uh, if you look at the previous times we had the pumps, um, we did not hang out around these elevated price levels with this much support. So that makes me bullish. But again, we're stackers. We don't really care. It's just stacking opportunities. Absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, it's always a good it's always a good time to buy Bitcoin. It's never a good time to sell Bitcoin. But with this chain on chain metric data, um, you know, this particular moment 
looks very bullish because of the amount of people that don't want to, you know, the amount of hodlers that aren't selling their Bitcoin. Now, does that mean that there's going to be an impending pump? No. Uh, last year, you know, the same on-chain da data was telling a lot of people that, uh, you know, we, Bitcoin was going to hit 100K. So you never know with this type of stuff. Sometimes it could be wrong. Sometimes it could be right. Uh, but anyway, as I definitely consider it good hopium. Uh, optimist Fields, you are an optimist after all. What do you think about all this? Well, uh, this is some grade A hopium, boys. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely feeling more bullish you know me, I follow all the on-chain metrics. So I'm a I'm a fanboy for the on-chain metrics guys, and you know they never lie. So you gotta stay bullish. You gotta stay stupidly bullish. No, but seriously, guys, like how long can we go sideways? Like, how much longer can we stay going sideways? I really don't know, but like Phil and Nico are saying, it's a prime opportunity for us to stack. And if these metrics are right this time around, you know, second time around, maybe we'll be right. But uh, if they are right, it does feel like the gradually then suddenly part that we've all been talking about. So I don't know. It feels bubbly out there, guys. Like it feels like it's the time that we're actually going to pump this time. You know, we, we got a little we got a little, uh, you know, a little ahead of ourselves last year. And, and maybe we blew our load a little early, but we're, we're back. We put in the work. And we're going to pump, boys. We're going to pump now. The, uh, the on-chain metrics don't lie the second time around. <laughs> the second time around. Man, what I, happens the third time, Optimus? Uh, now we sound like politicians, man. <laughs> just, just, it's next time. It's next time. It's next, time. next time. No, but in all seriousness, you know, I, I do agree with the Optimist that, uh, dude, you know, we have been consolidating for literally a year. The price has been going sideways. And genuinely speaking, the longer that happens, you know, the, ten the, the, the bigger the parabolic move, whether that move is up or down is yet to be seen, <laughs> right? But again, I, I think, you know, I am buying a little bit of this opium. It's just, dude, Phil, we've, we've endured so much pain, bro. It's so many expectations were let down. So many people, including ourselves, right? 2021. We were holding our breaths till 100K, and I think the China ban took the steam out of that, right? They didn't hit 100K, bro. And then we were just like, ah, oh, this is sucks. So I think that the market has caused so much pain on everybody. And, dude, I, I think I, I feel bullish about Bitcoin, dude. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. Nico is saying it. I feel bullish on Bitcoin. Win moon, Nico. Win moon. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that I can't tell you. I have no idea. We could crash fifty. We could crash fifty percent tomorrow, but uh, <laughs> he's speculating on the hopium. I'm speculating I mean, I'm on the hopium. I'm excited too. I'm like, maybe he's right. <laughs> <laughs> this is see, this is the problem, right? This is because we're all in this echo chamber. You know, you have like this one person that that starts to sound really positive about it, and you start thinking, you know what? Like, maybe he's right. Uh, maybe, maybe he knows something. Right. I don't know. Maybe he does know right. about the miners. I don't know about the miners. <laughs> you know? He's like. <laughs> Anyways, guys, take all this like a grain of salt, but, you know, maybe you'll find this information useful. But anyways, Phil, it's time for the Daily Fail. Brought to you by Amber App. Check them out. Amber.app. Let's face it, we got a stack. This is a stacking app by Bitcoiners. Low fees, fair spread, smart automation. The link is down below. Amber, the smart way stack sets.
All right, guys, we've got three fails for you today, so we gotta get moving. The first one, okay, even though this was already discussed... Um, so what happened was this was in our lost episode and, and then Darth coin alluded to the fact that we have hidden episodes. So I said, all right, you know what? We will cover this to make sure that it actually gets covered. That's right. Nico, this was part of the lost episode last week. Here we go. The man who paid 2.9 million for an NFT of Jack Dorsey's first tweet set to lose almost 2.9 million. All right. So this was so the first time we did this article, the top bid was $280. Now, as of Thursday, the top bid was $6,800. But he still spent $2.9 Okay, so check this out. He's no longer sure if he's going to sell the NFT. But this is, the, this is the part I find funny. It's important to me who wants to buy it. I will not sell this NFT to anyone because I don't think everyone deserves this NFT. That's how special this is. And, and what we're talking about is Jack Dorsey's first tweet. Like, literally, you can take a screenshot of it and keep it forever and not pay a penny. Mm -hmm. And then you can put it in a really nice frame. Anyways, I digress. He obviously feels differently. This NFT is not just a tweet. This is the Mona Lisa of the digital world. Wait, wait, wait. He, he said that about his own tweet? No, no. This is the guy who said that about Jack Dorsey's first tweet. Oh, this is the, the Mona okay. Lisa. So I, I, I want you to think of how, how stupid this just became. He's talking about individual brushstrokes, which cannot be replicated by anything at any point in time, somehow being equivalent to a bunch of pixels that you can replicate exactly the same over and over and over again. He, he has no idea that all he paid for was the unique hash. Yep. Anyways. Ah, uh, dude. Just, uh, it's so sad. It's so sad. The fact that the fact that the, what makes it stupid is the fact that someone could just take an exact picture of it, and they could hang that. They could print that and just hang it in their wall. You know, like it. It just it, it. The difference between art, which is the physical version of an NFT, it's physical. Therefore, it's extremely hard to copy. But this digital shit, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Those. That's my comments. Anyways, Optimus. What are your thoughts? Uh, digitalize everything, Nico. What are you talking about, bro? It's got value in the metaverse. Come on, bro. Come on. Man. No, I mean, honestly, it's just play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You know, like this guy's bag holder logic is amazing. And I commend him. And I hope he holds that $3 million NFT till it goes to zero. Like, let's go, boys. He's on his way. Last week alone, he was sitting on minus 99%. There you go. You know, like, it's, so now he's sitting on, like, only minus 95%. Yeah. You know, or like 90%. Different. It's slightly better. <laughs> Anyways, Phil, what's the next video? Okay, yeah, let's move on. It, uh, yeah, it definitely gets a lot more cringe. All right, here we go. This is kind of one of those I told you so moments, and we've been telling you so moments. So here we go. Uniswap faces class action lawsuits, lists unregistered securities. Imagine, right? Imagine if you're getting yield, that's what's happening. So here we go. The first lawsuit filed on April 4th by shitcoin investor Nessa Rixley of North Carolina alleges that she experienced substantial losses as a result of her $10,400 investment in low-cap digital assets such as Ethereum Max, Matrix Samurai, and Rocket Bunny. Who would have thought Rocket Bunny was going to fail, Nico? Did, did you think that that would be a scam? Oh, like I said, dude, the shit, corners, the shit corners have great names. They, they never let down. So, 
so here we go. It looks like there, there's there's growing people joining this this lawsuit. So other parties join the lawsuit, including its founder Hayden Adams and backers such as Andreessen Horowitz, Paradigm, Union Square, and AH Capital Management. The lawyers claim that the backers were aiding and abetting Uniswap's failure to register as an exchange or broker dealer. Now, we've shown all the ties that A16Z has to all the different shitcoining platforms. So are we really surprised that these people are starting to get implicated here? The class action lawsuit also claims that Uniswap allowed rug pulls and pump and dumps on its platform. It points to the fee structure for the decentralized exchange, which pays liquidity providers for each trade as encouraging fraud. Alongside the fact that Uniswap keeps a portion of developers' fees creates a conflict of interest that has made the DEX a silent facilitator of fraud. No way. Who would have thought, right? And we've, we've been calling it this whole entire time. You know, like all of this, all of this is pure marketing. And we keep telling you the rug pull is the use case. Like it, it's not just like a stupid catchphrase. Like we, I, I learned it. I watched it happen. We've been reporting on it. This is what it is. This is what it does. Full and honest disclosure remains the cornerstone of our securities laws, no matter what technologies are used to offer and sell those securities. That's right. Because at the end of the day, you may not think that you're buying securities when you're doing this crap on Uniswap, but you are. These are illegal securities. Okay, and let's just go take a look. This is the uh, this is actually the uh, the Uniswap uh, the Uniswap website here. Let's make it a little bigger because I don't know why it's tiny. So th this is the problem. This is kind of one of the problems that they have. Okay, this is the distribution of 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 the Uniswap shitcoin to part of their community. 21.266% to the team members and future employees with four-year vesting. Now, when you vest something, it's you're investing. You're expecting a return of sorts. Now, 18% to the investors with a four-year vesting. And then 0.69% to advisors with a four-year vesting. There's something called the Howey test. Okay, and this essentially determines whether your quote unquote asset is a security or not. And we're just going to dive into this quickly because it is specific to Uniswap. The question of whether or not a token can be classified as a security lies in whether it's an investment asset, which is determined by the Howey test as first rendered in the U.S. court case of, of SEC versus W.J. Howey, 1946, where the Supreme Court found that an offer of a land sales and service contract was an investment contract under the Securities Act of 1933, according to the Howey test. A crypto asset is considered a financial contract and therefore a security if there is an investment of money. A common enterprise with an expectation of profit derived from the managerial or entrepreneurial efforts of others. Unfortunately for Uniswap Labs, which is a centralized entity, they seem to meet all these criteria under certain conditions. Okay, so look, we've been telling you guys this, and don't get me wrong, like I'm not a fan of, of regulation or anything like that, but the point is, is that these things get marketed in a certain way. They market it to extract the most money out of the public, okay? And to provide the least amount of value. And as we've shown you time and time again, they end in rug pulls, okay? They end in massive rug pulls. So now we're getting to the point where the government is going to start to rug pull these things, okay? The SEC is going to start to step in and possibly rug pull these things. At the very least, they're going to, they're going to 
you know, they are definitely going to put their claws into it and make sure that everything is covered on every end and they are siphoning the most money anyways, or at least they're quote unquote trusted entities. I just, I, I just want to say like, we knew that this was going to happen and it was, it, it was just a matter of time. You know, like now that's it. You know, now you start to hear the, the lawsuits, right? People are starting to come out and complain. Now the SEC is eventually going to start doing something or they're going to do some theater. Nico? Yeah, yeah I mean, dude, like it, it goes back to what we've always said, man, that these shit coins are literally a distraction and there are these, you know, extravagant schemes to try to take away your Bitcoin, right? Um you know, it, this reminds me of what you're reading about. It reminds me of the whole ICO boom of 2017. And essentially, uh, most of those companies, and, and including very predominant companies, were essentially raising funds posing as, you know, tokens, right? But in reality, they were securities, just like Ripple, right? Uh, Ripple was, you know, they're in a huge lawsuit right now. I know everyone that's holding XRP is thinking, hey, you know, like this was unjust by the US government. But if you think about it, right, Ripple and a lot of these shit coins, they, they own the majority of that they pre-mine it. So they own like 80 to 70% of the supply and they dump that supply, you know, based on market conditions on unsuspecting people just getting into the cryptocurrency space, right? So yeah, man, it, it's just one big racket. If you, you know, buy Bitcoin, you take self-custody of it. You run your own node for privacy reasons, right? Like, dude, you don't have to deal with any of this junk, any of this garbage. You're not going to get rug pulled, right? So ignore the noise, which are shit coins, and focus on the signal, which is Bitcoin. Anyways, Optimus, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I said it in a tweet earlier. If I hear someone tell me I need to get yield on my Bitcoin again, I might lose my mind. So like, guys, man, it's it, it's really amazing how many people don't understand that they're trading illegal securities on these shitcoin exchanges and thinking that they're going to come up in life. And it's like, man, stay humble, stack sats like this is why you don't play stupid games so that you can make it through the minefield that is out there trying to take your Bitcoin. Yeah. And, and, and you know, put the put the government in involvement aside, put the illegal securities it doesn't matter what you're doing is you're buying something inferior to bitcoin you're buying someone else's project that they could manipulate the monetary policy for their benefit at the expense of you who's who's holding that shitcoin right that doesn't mean that in the short term a lot of this volatility it could fucking 10x 100x a shitcoin and it can outpace the performance of bitcoin in the short term but in the long term in the long run they all get wrecked. Everyone humbles. All these shitcoins humble themselves before the king. They all underperform Bitcoin, right? But, dude, you know, if that's a gamble that you're willing to take, go for it. But just understand that you are holding an inferior asset. Anyways, Phil, what is the last fail? Here we go. All right. So move over, Steve Wozniak, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates. Move over all these people because guess what? Tech visionaries like Bieber, Paltrow, and Hilton dump 87 million into crypto exchange MoonPay. That's right. Okay? Move over all the geniuses. These are the tech visionaries, right? 
buying up a shitcoin exchange. And I just, I just want to point out to people, so this is something that's kind of frightening about this, but if we go take a look at the deal room of MoonPay, and we go take a look at their profile, right? We can go see over here, look at the investors. So Castle, Castle Island Ventures is actually run by, by Nick Carter, who's quote-unquote uh, Bitcoiner and writes a lot of very powerful um, pro-Bitcoin articles. And I mean, look, you know, the, the company that he manages, obviously, right, they have to turn a profit and they're essentially investing in shitcoin trading. So that's pretty sad to see. But the reason why I pulled this up wasn't really just, you know, to dump on Castle Island Ventures, but really to take a look at this in April 2022, right? So I want you to think about this. You read that that marketing piece I that, that I just showed you from Fractal Encrypt, and I want you to look at the list of people who invested in April 2022. Gwyneth Paltrow, Justin Bieber, Maria Sharapova, Bruce Willis, Drake. So do you see what I'm saying? Like, guys, when we tell you that these shit coins are a marketing machine and they are specifically designed to fleece you, okay, this may not be a shit coin. This is a shit coin exchange. Don't be surprised when this list of investors starts shilling to you that you should be trading so-and-so shitcoin, which just so happens will be trading exclusively probably on that crappy platform of theirs. Okay, so this is, it's all nonsense. It's all made to steal your money. And I just wanted to point out how laughable it is because I'm sorry, the, these people are not tech visionaries. They're about as tech visionary as I am. Okay, so yeah. No, hundred percent, dude. I think you hit the you hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, we've we've shown some emails that I have got personally from Solana Labs. You know, uh, wanting to sponsor myself, right? So you know, to to kind of convince other noobs, right? They see the association. Oh, Nico's involved with Solana Labs, therefore it must be legitimate, right? That's the whole racket of these shit coins, man. And it's just it's it's absolutely disgusting. But I'm glad that that website at least makes it transparent. Um, anyways, Optimus, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I really love their motto, the PayPal of cryptocurrency. I, I think that just encapsulates everything uh, that, you know, like, what more do I need to say, guys? It, it's the PayPal of cryptocurrency. Like, that's, that's a winner right there. You know, back by the Biebs and Drake. It's a winner. That's that. <laughs> Dude, I don't I, I can't say anything more. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> Nah. <laughs> no, you, you know what? I, I mean, look, the, definitely what we need is to facilitate payments in crypto. And I'm so glad that these people are here to facilitate. I know, right? The, the, te <laughs> the brightest minds, the tech leaders of our generation. Dude, it's, it's absolutely, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh. It's ridiculous. But this is why we cover it, to expose this shit and hopefully at least convince some of you guys to stick to the signal and the signal is bitcoin but anyways phil it's time for the daily meme review brought to you by citadel 21 they make the best bitcoin cultural zine it's stories articles comics by actual bitcoiners this is the artwork for volume 10 every volume has different artwork this is the this is the artwork for volume 11 and they're scarce there's only a thousand physical copies made per volume get your print of citadel 21 today before they run out all right all right everybody the first meme is brought to you is by rope jp roper at lightning network boomer payment rails and this is referencing <laughs> jack mauler's speech at the bitcoin conference moving on to the next one 
And this is a response to how's your trading going? Absolutely hilarious. Uh, BTC moon guy. Um, I bought Bitcoin. <laughs> I dedicated years of my life to master the art of trading. And this is this goes back. And I, and I really appreciate this because this goes back to what we were talking about during the numbers section, right? You see all that hopium, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean you should trade on it, right? That's just some data. We only advocate for one strategy, one strategy only, and that is dollar cost average. Stay humble, stack sats, don't trade. Most most likely, most people lose money trading. Anyways, moving on to the next one. By T-Bain, the space-time continuum, scalability across time, gold wins that. The Bitcoin is both scalability across space and time, and Bitcoin is the perfect combination of both, right? Love that meme. Anyways, moving on to the next one by Bitcoin Therapist. Happy Bitcoin, happy Easter Bitcoin plebs. Have fun staying poor. <laughs> and then the NFT, and they're taking a selfie, and the Bitcoin pet is just kind of staying there, dazed and confused. We'll say that. All right, moving on to the next one is by Love is Bitcoin. Apply once every day for laser eyesight. <laughs> Bitcoin eye drops. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, by Carl Menger. Bitcoin explained in one picture, checkmate banks all at once. And this is one of those famous scenes where it's like the chess master plays all these people all at once. And there's Bitcoins just playing all these legacy financial institutions, Wells Fargo, banks, Morgan, uh, Merrill Lynch, Bank of America, Chase. You guys get it. Anyways, moving on. This is a very powerful one. This is where, guys, I, I want you guys to remember. This is by Dip, uh, D. Wickman, Richard Whitman. Check it out. Um, understanding of cryptocurrencies, right? In the beginning, you have Bitcoin, and then you kind of start to think you know it all. The shitcoin does this better than Bitcoin. You start buying it. But over time, most Bitcoiners I know, they all went through this phase, including a little bit myself, and essentially, over time, you'll start to understand that there what there is only one true king. That one true king is Bitcoin. Anyways, Phil, for those memes, why don't you go first? Why don't you give it the score first, and then I'll go behind you. All right. You know what? It's interesting that you pulled up a response from Fartface because literally this is the sticker that I pulled out right before you did that. This is once again a sweet Toshi special. It's the Fartface 2K. Fartface 2K. You know, you know. He's an awesome Bitcoiner. Very low-key. If you know, you know. Anyways, Fartface sticker. Optimus feels. What would you give those memes? All right. First off, the Blockbane meme was deep. Shouts out to T-Bane on that one. And the D. Whitman, guys, literally, if you look at my avatar, like that's literally the progression of how I got this avatar. You guys rewind that. See the Dunning-Kruger, but with bitcoin and then look at my avatar and you'll understand what i'm talking about mm -hmm. and but so with that being said i'm gonna stay on the same theme of of uh coin icarus and i got here with me a bit piggy uh tech deck made by sweet toshi himself the legend himself oh i have i have it so i'll be able to take a yep, picture of that for tomorrow anyways i would give that's that awesome. and that's awesome that's a great score but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it this heavily armed clown business card 
what the F happened in 1971. And he gave this to me at the Bitcoin 2021 conference. So shout out to him, man. Awesome website. Anyways, guys, we want to know. No. Do you agree with our scores? Do you disagree? Let us know down in the comment section. Comment, 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 comment. And of course, make sure to subscribe to us on alternative video platforms like Bitcoin TV and our personal favorite, no, Rumble, Rumble.com and Bitcoin TV. Bitcoin TV is our personal favorite because they don't censor there. And make sure to join our Telegram group and link us some dang, dang, dang Bitcoin memes to review. Takes you literally two seconds. Just join the Telegram group. Down the link description. But anyways, Phil, it's time for the daily news. Brought to you by CryptoCloaks.com. They make the best 3D printed Bitcoin merch, like the famous 3D printed Bitcoin art grenade sculpture. Opens up. You put your favorite hardware wallet in there. You could also get this in any custom color your heart desires. You want to make the white, orange, pink, red? You could do that, but only on CryptoCloaks.com. And you can take advantage of the link down below to get five percent off. All right, guys. So today I want you guys to kind of focus on this idea, right? Um, and I've spoken about this a couple times, right? We're living in this weird phase. Really recommend reading the book, The Sovereign Individual, where we're having not only the disintermediation of money happening before our eyes, but we're also watching the disintermediation of information, right? The internet has given everybody the ability to do their own research and, you know, chime in. And that's what platforms like Twitter offer, right? Twitter essentially has become the de facto public square right but what you're seeing from the old establishment players whether that's in finance whether that has to do with money like the imf like the world bank or whether you have to or whether you're dealing with establishment information players like the new york times like these you know uh accredited news sources that we always see you know that that that's the excuse that we want to censor the information for non-misinformation but it's it's like the accredited news sources with the credentials they're the ones peddling the misinformation it's just one giant clusterfuck but what else did you expect in the transition into the information into the information age. But anyways, check out this first article. If you guys haven't been living under a rock, right? Uh, the establishment is just freaking out to this idea that, you know, Elon Musk's crazy free speech Twitter is such a radical idea. Before Donald Trump got elected in 2016, this is how the internet worked, right? Um, but anyways, just it's funny how they frame the article. Elon Musk's vision of taking the guardrails off Twitter. <laughs> taking the guardrails off Twitter content moderation is lauded by free speech absolutists, but it risks creating a free-for-all that alienates advertisers and leaves regular users subject to abuse. I am calling bullshit. But again, look, another tweet from the credentialed class. Here is blue check mark CNN. The quality of democracy is deeply connected to the quality of its journalists. This is what these people think of themselves, right? They think that they have the credentialed, right? And therefore they know better than you, even though you could do your own research, right? They still, because they have that blue check mark. Because they still work at one of those le large legacy publications. They know what's best for you, you dirty peasant. Anyways, uh, if you still don't believe me, check out this video. If you still don't believe me in what I said here, 
they're even coming out and saying it. This is how much these people sniff their own farts. Who were Trump voters and are still Trump supporters. They go, yeah, you guys are going crazy. He's doing, what are you so surprised about? He's doing exactly what he said he's going to do. Well, and I think that the dangerous you know, edges here are that he's trying to undermine the media, trying to make up his own facts. And it could be that while unemployment and uh, the, the economy worsens, he could have undermined the messaging so much that he can actually control right. uh, exactly what people think. And that if, is the that is our you, job. Yeah. If you look at you the hear that, you hear that, that is our job to make to, to get people to it's our job to make people what to think. These are the same people. That we're gaslighting you, telling you that inflation was not real. These are the same people. Same people. Anyways. Hold on, Phil, before you chime in. <laughs> like. Now, before you guys all celebrate, the problem isn't per se Elon or who's in control of Twitter the problem is that absolute power corrupts absolutely and you have if you have the power to censor you will use that power to censor other people right so and this is why we're such big advocates for proof of work if you want to see an example of a proof of stake system look at Twitter and look at how the people that own the most amount of stake in Twitter are able to essentially manipulate Twitter for their own benefit. So this is a great tweet by Derek Ross, proof of stake versus proof of work. Elon may be able to buy all of Twitter and control it. There's one thing he can't control no matter how much he buys and that's Bitcoin, right? And last one, Elon's hostile takeover of Twitter, whether it's successful or not, is demonstrating all the flaws of proof-of-stake systems in real time. This could never have happened to Bitcoin because it is defended by proof-of-work. And that is exactly why they attack proof-of-work. So kind of connect all these things together, kind of connect all the dots, right? You have these the credentialed class thinking they know what's best. You have Elon, right, that's obviously following his own incentives. We know he's he's the, the, the highest record taxpayer in American history, right? So clearly, you know, it benefits him more financially from the libertarian perspective. But that doesn't solve the crux of the issue. The crux of the issue, right, is that as long as there is someone who is able to control the network to able to control the system they will censor that system for their benefit this is why something like bitcoin is so important it's rules without rulers what is transacting what is money but not a form of speech i would even go to say that it is the most important important form of speech think about it right you support a political candidate you pay him in what money you support a product right you pay them in what money right so anybody who has the ability right to control money essentially is going to become a de facto tyrant in the eyes of the people that don't agree with their political beliefs an example of that is exactly what happened in canada right a lot of people you know on the political right were like that's unjust a lot of people on the political right were yeah go for it the problem is here right is whoever controls the network is going to control it to their benefit, 
right? And only Bitcoin is able to fix that problem. And I just, and another th one last thing, I just find it absolutely hysterical. The meltdown of these blue check FARC motherfuckers. They're just like, no, we can't let Elon, you know, uh, the free speech is bad. Free speech is bad to our democracy. It's just, it's an absolute joke, right? But anyways, um, Optimus, I'm going to hit you first. What are your thoughts on all this? Well, it's quite amazing that they are continuing to say the silent parts out loud. So uh, if you're listening, guys, I hope you guys don't think that we're the crazy ones because it's all like from their own mouth, guys. Come on. But I do want to just emphasize, guys, like we are the media, man. You know, like they want to control the narrative, but that's why we're out here memeing. And that's why we're out here doing what we do every day, because they can't control us, guys. We got the better money and we have truth on our side. And furthermore, freedom of speech on Twitter. Like, I, I really hope this actually works out for the better for all of us because we need to proliferate the shit posting on Twitter. And uh, let's get some more freedom of speech maxis on Twitter because the shit coiners in charge right now are no fun. They're, they're a bunch of they're a bunch of no fun people over there. Like the thought police and big brother s people are no fun on Twitter. But I just want people to focus on that if Elon is successful in buying Twitter, it doesn't fix the problem. The Bad. problem is that no one should have the ability to censor someone else. Phil? So, not that I really care who owns Twitter. It really doesn't make a difference. I mean, at that level, who really gives a shit? But, like, Elon shills Doge. He's a shit coiner. So it doesn't matter that he's pretending that he's going to have a free speech platform and, you know, this is the, you know, the, this is the town center and all this stuff. It's all free speech till somebody says something Elon doesn't agree with. Yep. Okay. Tesla's so trash. You know oh, sorry. <laughs> I said until someone says Tesla's trash. It's, it's <laughs> right? right. So you know what? Fuck that, dude. Uh, so, it doesn't really make a difference. You know, like, you know, look, he takes it over. He's going to turn it into whatever the hell he wants to. I think it's absolutely, you know, regardless of my thoughts on this, the reality is, is that what they just did by turning down his offer just shows that capitalism is dead. Yeah, yeah, of course, dude. <laughs> it shows that, like, dude. it's gone. It, it's it's no. got nothing to do anymore with, 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 you know, like, with, with actually building a business and figuring out which are the crappy businesses that go by the wayside and empowering the strong businesses. Fuck it. As like, long all about social governance. 100%. And speaking of that, <laughs> that's a great freaking segue, social governance, right? As long as, and I want you guys to remember this, right? As long as there are institutions and that are able to create money for free while everyone pay and everyone else has to earn it, the incentives will never be aligned. And one of these most predominant institutions is the IMF. The IMF, essentially, what their purpose is, is to kind of, I mean, you could you could hear it from, you know, from our perspective, the IMF is essentially, what they do is that they bail out countries, they, they give them all this quote-unquote free money, and in return, you know, those countries get bailed out. But check 
out this article from the Cato Institute, why the IMF should not in, not intervene, and it is back in 19. It was written back in 1998. Here it explains what the IMF is. IMF, in theory, makes short-term loans in exchange for policy changes in recipient countries. So think about that. That sounds like a lot like social governance. What Phil is talking about, right? What policy changes are those? Those policy policy changes must benefit who? right? The elite class or perhaps the United States, right? This has not, however, helped countries move to the, to the free market. Instead, the fund has created loan addicts as review of its lending, lending reveals. 11 nations have been relying on IMF aid for at least 30 years. 32 countries have been borrowers for between 20 and 29 years, and 41 countries have been using IMF credit between 10 and 19 years. That is not evidence of either the success of the fund's so-called conditionality or the temporary nature of the fund's sh short-term loans. To be honest with me, to be honest with you, to me it sounds like the IMF is trying to centrally plan a lot of these countries, and a lot of these countries go for it, and they take risky, um, risky uh, monetary decisions because they know that there is someone who bails them out at last resort. Now, this article was made in 1998. Ch fast forward, right? This article in April 16, 2020. Half of the world's countries have approached the International Monetary Fund for emergency loans for whether the financial crisis sparked the global coronavirus. More than uh, more than 100 countries so far have asked for emergency assistance. She said the IMF is ready to use its full toolbox and $1 trillion firepower of lending capacity, noting that 10 countries have so far received emergency funding and half of the remaining countries should receive their requested financial lifelines by the end of April. So keep in mind, this is from 1998, and it was literally maybe 32 countries. Fast forward, it's over 100. <laughs> Now, here's the thing, right? Is it working? Clearly, it's not working because more and more countries are addicted to this so-called fake free money to the point that this is Sri Lanka and they essentially just declared bankruptcy and look at who they are turning for help. Confronted by this harsh reality, the government has approached the IMF for assistance in designing an economic recovery plan and for emergency financial assistance. The government is also seeking financial help from its other multilateral and bilateral partners in order to alleviate the suffering that this extraordinary situation has imposed on the citizens of Sri Lanka. The government intends to pursue its discussions with the IMF as expeditiously expeditiously as possible with a view to formulating and presenting the country's creditors with a comprehensive plan for restoring Sri Lanka's external public debt to a fully sustainable position. So, this sounds like a lot of central fucking planning to me, Phil, and it, it sounds like, like the IMF, right, is using a lot of these countries that spend more than than their means because they always know there's a there's a you know there's someone to bail them out of last resort but it also gives the IMF tremendous amount of leverage over these countries because if these countries don't do exactly what the IMF does that they don't offer those loans this is exactly what happened in Argentina when Argentina was on the brink of releasing big, big, uh, favorable bitcoin um bitcoin um 
legislation. This is exactly what happened in Honduras as well. And if you don't believe me still that the IMF is against Bitcoin, let me remind you that IMF was the one. The IMF has warned President Naim Bukele of the risk the cryptocurrency poses to the country. Check this out. Is exactly what I was mentioning earlier, stressing that it would be difficult to get a loan from the institution. That sounds like blackmail. If you don't do exactly what we want, not accept Bitcoin as legal tender because it takes power away from us, we won't be able to give you those sweet, sweet SDRs. The board directors have now urged the authorities to narrow the scope of the Bitcoin law by removing Bitcoin legal tender status. And that is what the IMF told the sovereign country of El Salvador. These people sound like maniacal central planners and they're and they're uh, they're you know, function of giving away all this free money clearly is not working because if you compare the 1998 article where it goes from 32 countries to literally almost half of the world countries asking for assistance, clearly I, I don't think it works really well. And if you still don't believe me about the central planning, this is Christa, uh, Christa, Christine, Cristalina. George Jiva, and she is the head of the IMF. And check out where she graduated from. George Jiva holds a PhD in economics and a master's in political economy and sociology from the Karl Marx Higher Institute of, of Economics. So these motherfuckers are central planners. And they've totally centrally planned this shit into dog shit because that's what central planning always fucking leads to. So this IMF, which is a, which is the natural enemy of Bitcoin, because what Bitcoin allows is it allows countries to take their financial future and their monetary policy into their own hands, right? They are enemies of Bitcoin, and they just sink fucking countries into the ground, and it's just absolute lunacy, right? And again, people aren't judging what the end result of this IMF monetary policy has been. They're still judging on what the intentions of that monetary policy has been. But the intentions have failed because more and more people want that free, free, fake SDR crap. Anyways, Phil. Wow. That was amazing, by the way. Great reporting. Did not know that she was educated at the uh, <laughs> at that school, so that's very interesting. Wonder where they got all those ideas from, you know? And then you think about Klaus Schwab's, right, his uh, mechanical engineering paper that somehow is going to get used to orchestrate the finances of the world. You really start to wonder what the hell is wrong with these people. But but anyways, let, let's, let, let's back up here just quickly. There's something very interesting about human behavior, Okay. Human behavior, when you, when you give something to a, to a person, okay, or in this case, let's say a country, right? You give it to them once and then you take it away from them. They figure out a way to get around using it. But if you give it to them constantly and slowly and steadily over the years, that paper you read was from 1998 and they already had 32 countries. Now we fast forward 24 years later, they've got a hundred countries and they're giving out more money more often than they've ever done before. 
that just lets you know exactly what the intention is. Because you see, once we all get used to this, and this is the same thing, to be honest, as like as, as having, a, a, and there's nothing wrong with this. I'm just talking about like, if you have a steady paycheck, you have to understand what happens to us psychologically. I know because it happened to me, okay? When you constantly get a steady paycheck, you get used to it and you understand that all of your mistakes, your financial mistakes can be forgiven because no matter what, I get a paycheck next week. It's the same type of thing with what the IMF is doing with these countries. These countries can totally screw up and they completely understand that it's okay. I can screw up just enough, mm -hmm. but I can get away with it because guess what? Next quarter, I'm getting, I'm getting a paycheck, right? I'm getting a quote unquote paycheck from the IMF anyways. So it's look, when it comes to the countries, this is very, very, this is shady stuff. As we've mentioned before, we don't even nobody even discusses what's going on with the SDRs. Nobody even discusses how much money is in that layer of government and country level money. Okay. It's, it's insane. It's completely insane. It's insane. And before I get Optimus's thought, Phil, wait, there's more. So <laughs> if you still don't believe me that these are, the IMF is essential planning, fucking hellhole check this oh out God. wild new imf paper which we will link down below here is the original article we always put our sources down below we wild, might have to cover this in the fail wild new imf paper the electronic money standard outlines a financial future where citizens cannot save because cbdc's with d deep negative interest rates allow central bankers to overcome the zero lower bound Breaking the zero lower bound, the IMF writes, requires eliminating the arbitrage opportunity between cash that guarantees a zero nominal interest rate and money in the bank that would earn negative interest rates if policy rates were cut into negative territory. To translate that, that basically means that they, the IMF wants to move to a, a, a cashless system because in a cashless system, they would be able to implement negative interest rates on everyone. And if you don't know what a negative interest rate that basically means that the bank that is earning money from having your bank that your money er deposited with them is literally charging you fucking money to have your money there think about that for a second you deposit your money in a the bank they earn interest from it but you have to pay interest to the bank so that they could earn money with your goddamn fucking money do you understand Put all this shit together, right? The fucking Karl Marx Institute, the fact that Sri Lanka is being bailed out, the fact that these people literally give hundreds, more than half the world's countries fucking bailouts. Connect the fucking dots, right? These people are central planner maniacs. Anyways, much as during the Great Depression, when countries were able to revive their economies by going off the gold standard, moving from a paper standard to an electronic money standard can empower, I'm going to put my own words here, central planners' monetary policy to cut interest rates as much as needed for economic stimulus. A zero loan bound could be broken through a combination of adopting slash strengthening an electronic money standard in which electronic money is the unit of account to implementing a time varying interest rate or, 
or more generally return of rate return uh, rate of return on paper cash. Then, as the interest rate on cash moves in line with the official policy rates, there is no arbitrage between cash and money in the bank. Once the transition to the electronic standard eliminates the zero lower bounds, a central bank can enable deep negative rates. These people are psychopaths. Dude, they don't want you to save. They want they literally want you to be a slave. Connect this with what the World Economic Forum is saying. You're nothing. You'll be happy. They want you to forever be a fucking serf. So think about it. Your option in the future and country's option in the future as well is you're going to choose literally slightly convenient slavery because they're going to bombard you with all that fucking fake SDR bullshit, right? The IMF fake money or... You choose money that doesn't come with handcuffs. That is going. You're going to have to endure slight, a slight bit of pain, especially in the beginning, which is Bitcoin. And this applies to individuals as well. This applies to individuals, and it also applies to countries. This is the future ahead of us. I've been saying it. It's a little obfuscated right now. You're going to have to pick between slavery money, central bank digital currencies, and the fucking central planners at the IMF behind it, or Bitcoin, baby, which is freedom money. That is the future ahead of us. Phil? I think we should give it to Optimus first. <laughs> How am I supposed to follow Optimus. a Nico rant like that? That's that's impossible. Uh, but no, the whole time you guys were talking, I... I just kept thinking of the book uh, Economic Hitman or the New Confessions of Economic Hitman. Mm. And it lays it out perfectly, guys. Like, if you haven't read this yet, you have to read this book because if you're still confused of what what's actually going on in the world and, and the, the dots that Nico has laid out for you guys, if, if you don't see this happening in real time, you need to get the blueprint and read the new confessions of an economic hitman because it lays it all out there right now. And the last 15, 20 minutes of this rant or however long it was, all the points have been laid out, guys. And, and the main tools is debt and fear. So if you take their money, you already know what game you're playing. It's literally like the Godfather. It's the mafia, guys. It's just it's just a little fancier and a little prettier and it's got a little more prestige. But guys, read economic uh confessions of an economic hitman and you'll see exactly what nico and phil have just told you yeah dude and and, and exactly like I, i'm gonna read it i'm literally gonna read the how crazy this is right imf in theory makes short-term loans in exchange for policy changes in recipient countries that's the slavery that word right there right you do what we want or else you're not going to get that free, free fake money. That's sweet, sweet fake money. But anyways, Phil, we're running out of time. There was an open source software release today. Why don't you tell everybody about it? Software releases. Brought to you by CypherSafe. Check them out. CypherSafe.io. I'm in the middle of moving. I had to make sure that my seed was secure. Can't just leave it on a piece of paper. That, that shit just burns. Store your seed in the Cypher wheel or the all-new Cypher grid. They both come with the tamper-resistant wire, but the grid also comes with a punch tool. We've got Sparrow Wallet version 1.6.3 that was released. It's down below in the show notes. Don't forget to check us out on our audio-only platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. And if you want to stream us sats, check us out on Fountain.fm. You could stream us sats through Breeze. 
Awesome. Thank you, Phil. All right, guys, before we go, I want to give a very special shout out to our awesome clothing sponsor, Represent. RepresentLTD.com. Phil and I wear the hoodies every day. This is a new one with an awesome little grenade on it. And you can take advantage of the link down below to get 10% off anything off the RepresentLTD.com store. I also want to give a very special shout out to a dear friend of the show, our homie. He's part of the show now. He's part of Simply Bitcoin. The one and only, the legendary, my living truth, also known as Optimus Fields. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Guys, that was our show. If you enjoyed the show, do you know what to do? Smash that like button. Of course, you want to continue hearing the Bitcoin news from the Pleplet perspective and the catastrophic fails from the central planners. Definitely consider subscribing to Simply Bitcoin. And we will see you tomorrow, guys, for a brand new episode. As our awesome guest reminded us, Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. We'll